tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and today I want to talk about why we use alcohol to enhance our experiences. One of the main reasons that people use alcohol is for enhancement. And with the nice weather arriving, I thought this was a perfect time to discuss enhancing our experience with alcohol. I know nice weather is a big trigger, and many of us consider drinking again, or that maybe we can moderate now. So in this episode, you'll learn why we drink for enhancement, how this is linked to problematic drinking and what you can do if you're struggling with wanting to drink to enhance your life or if you're romanticizing alcohol. So let's dig in. (laughs) 
There are a few main reasons why someone drinks. Enhancement, coping, and social or conformity reasons. Studies have found that people who drink for conformity, meaning to socialize or fit in and bond with their peers, tend to drink moderately. On the other hand, coping motives are linked to alcohol-related problems, and enhancement motives are linked to binge drinking and blackouts. There's usually an overlap in our motivation to drink, though. We drink for all sorts of reasons, so we aren't just strictly enhancement drinkers or strictly coping drinkers. Studies have linked both coping and enhancement motives, but not conformity and social motives, with the progression towards alcohol dependence. As we've talked about on this podcast many times, not being able to handle emotions and having very volatile emotions increases the likelihood of developing a problem with alcohol. Every time we have a change in mood, either positive or negative, we're triggered to drink to either cope with the negative mood and change it, or to enhance the positive mood and make it more positive. If you listened to episode 84, then you may remember that I explained that not everyone experiences alcohol the same way. Some people will feel more pleasure and excitement than others do, and those people are more at risk for binge drinking and ultimately developing a problem because of enhancement motives. One paper I read in my research for this episode described alcohol as being able to induce elation, which is defined as great happiness and exhilaration. So why just be regular happy when you could be elated, right? Studies have found that drinking for emotional reasons predicts heavy and problematic drinking compared to drinking for social reasons. Enhancement is an emotional reason. We're drinking to increase positive feelings. Drinking for emotional reasons has been consistently associated with consequences from drinking across many different studies. There's a drinking motives questionnaire that's used in studies to group participants. I'll send this out in my weekly email on Thursday so you can take it for yourself if you're interested. If you don't get emails from me, then the link is always in the show notes. In episode 79, we talked about why we romanticize alcohol, and we can't talk about the desire to enhance everything without talking about romanticizing. In that episode, I described how the brain looks back on the past and remembers it more fondly than it actually was. This is a defense mechanism because who wants to look back on their past and realize their life was boring and horrible? What this does with alcohol, though, is makes us remember our past drinking experiences as better than they were. We selectively remember the good times and minimize the bad. And if you listen to episode 79, then you learn that heavy drinking affects how memories are stored so that everyday negatives from our drinking fade much quicker than they do for a moderate drinker. Where a moderate drinker will remember the hangovers and how exhausted and unproductive they were, we don't. We know that we had hangovers and consequences, but they become distant and less important. And this only gets worse the longer that you stay sober. My mind plays tricks on me all the time and tells me how nice my vacations were when I was drinking and how much fun I had, which then makes me want to drink on my upcoming vacation. The mantra I always say to myself, which you can feel free to take for your own life, is I quit drinking for a really good reason. If I had to choose a group, I would put myself in the enhancement group, even though eventually I just drank for any reason that I could find. 
Alcohol made me feel fancy, popular, cool, and cultured. I believed that adults who were successful in their careers shared a bottle of wine every night. So that is what I tried to do when I became an adult. There was one big problem with that though. I had an inability to stop drinking once I started. I thought I was being fancy with a half bottle of wine during dinner with my husband, but pre-gaming before dinner on a weeknight and then the post-gaming after dinner until bedtime weren't really that fancy. When I first got sober, I thought I had to unlearn all the things I believed about alcohol, and that's only partially true. A bigger part of this experience has been accepting that my beliefs about alcohol are factual, but just because they're facts doesn't mean that they're good for me. For example, alcohol does actually help you relax and it relieves stress and anxiety. I talked about this a ton in episodes 22 and 64, but just because alcohol slows down your brain and makes you not care about your problems doesn't mean that it's a good coping tool. Something else I've learned in sobriety is that alcohol does enhance our experience, but just because it enhances things doesn't mean it's the right choice for our lives. Alcohol instantly changes our mood, so we use it to enhance regular experiences and make them amazing. It manufactures fun and connection, so why eat outside with your friends and have a regular experience when you could eat outside with your friends and have an amazing experience? Same thing for vacations. It makes it appear like your vacation is fancier and more fun. And this is because alcohol causes a big boost of serotonin and dopamine, making you feel happier and more excited. It calms down your anxieties and insecurities, making you feel more confident and cool. These are all facts. But if you're someone who can't have one drink and move on with their lives, then alcohol makes your mood swing hard in the original direction after you're done drinking, meaning lower self-esteem, more anxiety, more depression, and more shame. We are so used to getting rewards without putting any effort in. We can have instant gratification anytime we want, so it's hard for us to put effort into changing our mood or feeling better when we could just instantly change it with alcohol. Instant gratification is only a good choice for in-the-moment you, and it hurts future you every time. A big part of sobriety is learning that real happiness, real confidence, real relaxation, and real fun all take effort. That doesn't mean it's hard to achieve these feelings, but alcohol only gives you a fake temporary version of them. Once the alcohol wears off, we go back to our unhappy, insecure, anxious self. I think the most important thing to understand about using alcohol to enhance your experience is that the overall goal of sobriety is to create a life that's pleasant to live. You shouldn't have to feel compelled to escape, check out, take the edge off, or enhance your life. We all need to get to a point where our life is nice to live, and we don't have to use substances to make it seem better than it is. In both my conversations with Dr. Lemke in episodes 76 and 100, she says that a big part of sobriety is tempering expectations. And I hope that she continues to repeat that forever. In the beginning of sobriety, you might be on the pink cloud and excitable, and then it evens out to regular old life. We need to learn and accept that real life involves boredom sometimes, or sadness, 
or anxiety or restlessness. And all of those feelings are okay to experience. Real life doesn't have to be exciting all the time. When we're used to enhancing all of our experiences with alcohol, then it can be challenging to get used to what real life is like. If you're drawn to enhancing your experience like I was, then I hope this gives you a new perspective. You should work on both accepting that life isn't always super exciting and working on improving your situation so that you enjoy living your life. Often we use alcohol to enhance people and experiences that we don't actually like. If you're uncomfortable at a party or bored on vacation sitting around at the beach, then you use alcohol to make the experience seem better than it is. In sobriety, we blame ourselves for being socially awkward or that life is just boring without alcohol, but we need to find activities and people that are enjoyable for us. Instead of sitting around doing nothing, go find something to do. Before, on my vacations, I would just sit around and drink. And if you remove the alcohol, then I was just sitting around doing nothing. Of course, I needed alcohol to enhance that. Look to the activities that you're doing and ask yourself why you feel compelled to enhance everything with alcohol. It takes time to feel comfortable just being yourself and being present in an experience. But learning to enjoy your actual life is so important for sobriety. We don't need to keep chasing all of these exciting experiences. And another big part of sobriety too is learning to trust yourself and be comfortable. So if you've used alcohol to enhance every wedding, for example, you need to learn to be comfortable being yourself and being who you are in a social setting and not relying on alcohol to create instant fun, instant connection, instant excitement. So part of the journey is having these experiences sober and learning that they're actually not that bad. So give yourself a chance this summer Do things that you thought alcohol was required for and prove to yourself that it's actually not. And I will talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.